0: hello and welcome to the Planet Money Deep Read. I'm Hannah Walt,
1: And I'm Jacob Goldstein. Uh, just a quick refresher, Planet Money Deep Reads are these longish interviews with writers and thinkers. We've been posting them about once a month, and they are special bonus podcasts that we do in addition to our regular Tuesday and Friday shows.
0: So today's special bonus podcast is your interview, Jacob, with Nassim Taleb. So Nassim Taleb is a Former Wall Street trader, he's often known as the Black Swan guy. He wrote a now famous-ish book called *The Black Swan*, and the book came out in 2007 before the financial crisis, and basically said that traditional economic models are useless—totally <laughs> useless—because they ignore what Taleb calls black swans: these sort of rare, high-impact events that wind up shaping history. And then, of course, the financial crisis hit, and it was much bigger than most economists with their models predicted, and that made Talib look really, really smart.
1: It did, and, you know, he dined out on that for a few years. And then earlier this year, uh, he released a new edition of the book, and there's this new long section tacked on to the end of the book. It's called On Robustness and Fragility, and that's mostly what I talked with him about. Uh, Like the rest of the book, this section is is quirky, it's erudite, it's arrogant, it's sort of fun and weird— for example, there's this one part in the new section about his exercise habits, which he says are based on human evolution, and apparently he walks around a lot, and then occasionally he like, breaks into a really fast <laughs> sprint, and once in a while he sort of randomly walks into a gym and lifts the heaviest weights he can over his head.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, exercise habits aside, this new section is mostly about how to be resilient so you can survive a black swan, and that turns out to involve mostly getting out of debt and building up savings. And that's
1: what we talked about mostly in our interview and particularly how it fits with fiscal and monetary policy uh, in the U.S. right now. Uh, but we started out talking about something really more fundamental to his argument and to his worldview, and that's the problem with forecasting.
2: When you make a statement about the future, you are, uh, about the risks in the future, you are forecasting. Okay. Now, of course, uh, people would take forecasting more seriously if it was were- was pointed out to them that in Semitic languages forecast equals prophecy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're standing... (laughs) quasi-religious or uh, quasi-quacky or supernatural. You're making a statement about the future, okay? You're talking about something that doesn't exist now, how it will exist in the future. So uh, I focused then in the black swan on forecast error and realized because we use the wrong metrics, most uh, uh, things in social science in in what a domain I call the complex domain, most uh, forecasts don't work But people are suckers because of rationalism and narrowly defined theories. You know, they they don't know that, okay? But if I take economic papers, a cab driver predicts better. And and the proof is that we have a million economists on the planet and only a handful predicted the depths of what could have happened. And the the notion
1: is that forecasts don't work because they don't take into account these radical, relatively rare events that end up being the key drivers of what happens.
2: Exactly, exactly. And there's a domain I call the force quadrant in which these are dominant and and finance is part of that domain, economics is part of that domain. So you,
1: you predict what happens 99% of the time or 99.9% of the time, but the remainder is the sort of key historical driver, and that's what's outside of your model, outside of the forecasts.
2: Yes. So uh, 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 when and, I completed the book, in the book I stated that there is a black swan effects, and slated that, stated that there's a domain I call extremistan in which it takes place. But I realized you can take a horse to water, it's not sufficient. You still have to make the horse drink. I realized that I had to take the idea further and, and explain to people what domains are fragile, where you should have, uh, you should be very prudent, and, and where uh, uh, you can be aggressive. And typically, people behave in the opposite way. They're typically aggressive, where they should be prudent, and prudent, where they should be aggressive. So if you have debt, for example, anything that has a high degree of debt, requires the more debt you have the more precision you need in your forecasting uh, and right the, so can you give an example of why that would be the case yeah it's very simple I borrow hun- hun- I have a, a project I need to invest a hundred dollars uh, or I want to invest a hundred dollars on a project if I put in five dollars of my own and borrow ninety five dollars okay I could do that and uh, and uh, my project doesn't work well well i'm bankrupt and i have to uh, you know i'm wiped out so because, i because fragile. you
1: can't pay back the $95 because if i can't pay
2: back i still owe the $95 but on the other hand if 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 my project is very successful okay i will all the money most of the money comes to me so i have much of leverage on a $5 invested right now, so if, if you I, if you if you double that $100 you invest $5 yeah, you get to keep $100 and you pay the 95 back Exactly. You make a ton of money you make ton of money uh, Okay. But on the other hand, if you issue equity, if I say, okay, I'm going to have $95, uh, $95, uh, if I am very successful, uh, unfortunately, my returns will be diluted.
1: Because you have to share the profits. Exactly. I have to share the profits.
2: But the good news is that I also have to share the losses. Hmm. Debt is different because debt, you still own it. So that's the first uh, problem is debt requires very precise forecasting. In a word, and and illusion of forecasting, because as I said, it's a scandalous because government can't forecast unemployment, government can't forecast anything. So why do they load themselves with debt? Okay, and of course companies uh, are fool enough to to foolish to load themselves with debt. And also, I showed two things. Number one, that we are moving into more and more unpredictability because more and more black swan effects because of complexity, interdependence. So less predictability of the future, coupled with a um, quadrupling of debt since 1980. You see You're about
1: the uh, quite in in total debt held by the U.S. or total what total what, qu- level of debt where?
2: quadrupling of debt and liabilities if you count debt, uh, you know, increase of mortgage debt in the, in the US, US, U.S. or in, globally? In worldwide, uh-huh. in, in in particularly in in the uh, in uh, the Western world. Uh, uh, so essentially,
1: you've had the, the sort of
2: rising Asia lending more and more to the U.S. and Europe, uh, or within or North within or you have uh-huh. you have more and more uh, uh, people. Uh, uh, Borrowing and mortgages, and 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 people storing their uh, their uh, you know savings in, in these loans. So you have a rise of debt, okay, everywhere: individual, corporate, bank, uh, financial and institution, and governments. While at the same time, you had a de- degradation of predictability. So, I mean, th- there is now this very public
1: debate about s- sovereign debt and a, a yeah. sort of um, timing, right? And and should the should governments in the West continue to, to spend money, to spend more money than they have in order yeah, to lower unemployment
2: versus should they cut spending now at the, of, at the risk of cutting off the recovery, right? That's the way it's framed. Okay, my, my, my uh, when, when the crisis happened, I kept telling anybody who would listen to me that it was not a problem of recession, it was a problem of risk. Which means? Which means that it was the, the problem was not uh, trying to get out of recession the problem was getting rid of debt because we had cancer. And that if we don't get rid of debt uh, uh, then, or today, in other words, if you don't get rid of that now, it's going to be worse tomorrow, and every day is going to be worse. So people don't understand that the risk of recession is vastly lower overall than the risks of deficits, you see. Because if you tighten your belt, okay, let's say it happened at an individual level, what would you rather be? Have more debt if you've been, you know, having debt. If you, or, or it's the same thing as a drug addict. What's what's worst? Uh, uh, the period in which he has to suffer with pains, or uh, given more uh, more uh, more cocaine or heroin, or whatever he's addicted to. So, the, in my opinion, uh, if you presented the the problem to an individual and his family, you tell him, listen, what do you want? Tighten your belt now and and have uh, don't buy a flat screen TV and delay the purchase of your car and other things. Uh, Or have more debt. So the government should know that what matters for us is is cure the problem, not uh, postpone it. We've postponed the problem for two years. The debt has been growing. Employment base is lower. I mean, there is the argument that it would have been worse without some spending. I
1: mean, governments can hide hide people. I I don't
2: like this argument for the following reason. What money we spent, we have to repay. You see, and, and you can only say what happened, okay, and gauge really the consequences when, when the game is over. You see, it's like Madoff. It would have been, yeah, had we propped up Madoff by the government, should have lent money to Madoff, and nobody would have suffered, right. okay? But, but eventually, you suffer uh, uh, up till now. You suffer on a day when Madoff would, would, would collapse. So, you're basically a level. saying what the government is doing is a Ponzi scheme? It's a bigger Ponzi scheme, biggest in history of mankind, because government represents more and more GDP. Uh, without anyone noticing. So it's uh, too big to fail uh, in industrial proportion, uh, you know, by the governments. And uh, the problem that we have now is that, uh, um, I mean, I'm not saying we should not uh, protect the weak. We should, as a matter of fact, uh, have stronger protection of the weak because uh, make sure that the people who suffer uh, uh, are the ones who, the fools who got us here, not... The very weak who are going to suffer in a, in a, in a, in a contraction of the so economy. So, in practical terms, what does that mean? In the practical terms, I want the bankers to be clawed back for the past profits. I want Robert Rubin to return the 120 million, not some government employee in in, in California to live next month on minimum wage. You, 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 that's what I want. I want the what what people don't understand is that we need both a contraction of economic activity and a uh, some justice, uh, the meaning GDP falls. The we have we have to clean the debt. Okay, so at some point uh, someone will say, "Oh, it's so unpleasant if we let uh, uh, if if we terminate the Ponzi scheme." But you don't cure a Ponzi scheme with a Ponzi scheme. I'm sorry, Paul Krugman. And the, the, when I went into uh, all this logic used behind deficit spending, and spending, I realized number one that Keynes is not what he said. It's not the environment. And then the other, you look at the models. And like uh, uh, economic, uh, other economic models, they simplify something a little beyond too much, okay? Deficit spending can only work if you have a high certainty of in your forecasting of a recovery. Mm-hmm. We don't have mm-hmm. that certainty, so if you inject more uncertainty in the models, you come up with exactly opposite uh, uh, methodology than the one offered today. So
1: you're basically saying deficit spending works if things are going to get better in a
2: year, in some oh, with well, that some time. certainty, and you have yeah. to have a good certainty for. for uh, and about do you
1: want? I mean, I want to bring up an idea. Just uh, want to make sure we get to it. Uh, there's this idea you talk about in the in the new section of your book. Uh, redundancy, mm-hmm. and redundancy in a way that would seem inefficient in a lot of economic models. Uh,
2: can you talk about that? Well, if I have, uh, if I'm investing my money, you see, it's like, uh, and I have cash on the side, it's like having two kidneys. Uh-huh. One you use, and one you have a spare part. Just in case. I have, I'm investing 15%, I have 85% in cash. Right? So you have
1: mostly spare parts.
2: I have a lot you. of spare parts, okay. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if I, I borrow, you see, I, I'm in debt. It's the opposite of redundancy. Uh, re- there are different classes of redundancy that I've identified. The first one is the spare parts. The second one, functional redundancy. And the third one is... Functional redundancy is one, means,
1: one part that can do some job that is not it, its primary job. Exactly. So uh, what that, does
2: this idea of redundancy mean specifically in economic life? Well, in economic life, if you specialize in one function... Uh, you're Meaning, not if you survive. have one
1: job, if you do one thing,
2: if you ha- if you do one thing and uh, you lose your job, well, you're out of business. You see, uh, if you have uh, more than one function, uh, you are uh, you do very well. And what about the idea of spare parts in economic life? The spare parts is have no debt. <laughs> the uh-huh. opposite, okay? Or spare so have parts have, savings. have have savings. Have, uh, for example, if there's a squeeze. Spare parts help you a lot. For example, uh, if you have uh, extra oil, you don't need it, but you paid for it. And there's an oil squeeze, then you don't have to pay up for oil, particularly when you're big. Another thing I've I been writing about, and I just published a paper in a, a journal of statistical physics called Physica on uh, why they're too big to fail. Uh-huh. Why also in economic life you shouldn't be too big. Because it, it's more efficient most of the time, except when you uh, hit a snag. For example, uh, if you have a water shortage, an elephant had to pay up for water over a mouse. And, and I use examples of squeezes like uh, a bank that discovers an error and has to pay up for for the error. So you need to be small, as I said, and you need to be diversified. But there's a third thing about redundancy. Redundancy to me is insurance, okay? It's, it's money you spend on something that's, that, that you don't you need immediately. One of my rules is that we should uh, not let the manager of a nuclear plant get an incentive bonus. And and that's the cause of the, the crisis, is that what we have the agency problem, is that he who gets a bonus wants numbers to look good. And the way you look good is by hiding risk.
1: Right, so the head of the nuclear power plant would have a financial incentive to really crank up the plant to kind of make it,
2: make H- it Hidden risks a little risk. That don't, uh, don't, yeah. don't show. And the banking system had a lot of hidden risks. And corporations, as they become listed, which is why I don't see corporations surviving, and you can look at the data, corporations uh, don't survive com- compared to family businesses. Yeah. Which is an exception to specialization, that family businesses survive. So gener- y- Let me continue. Yeah, the thing sure. is, we have two incidents, or, or two uh, severe <laughs> uh, 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 incidents, uh, that illustrate it. Number one is Toyota. They cut down, you know, cut corners, uh, and you when you cut corners to make more money, uh, you cut in the wrong places, and uh, BP. Mm-hmm. BP, as you well know about this oil spill, is okay. And when big corporations are listed in the stock market, they are under pressure to have no redundancy. They have the opposite redundancy, cut corners here and there beyond up to the point of blow-up.
1: Because it makes them appear to be more efficient when there's not
2: some radical event. Exactly. But radical events on large corporations is not a good thing.
1: So you you mentioned the too-big-to-fail problem. I mean, you were talking about debt, and we have more debt now than we have. Ever. And I guess I'm just trying to frame this in terms of, you know, before the crisis and now after the crisis, and we have this bill that's passing. I mean, how is the state of things now compared to the state of things five years ago?
2: (laughs) Uh, we're worse than five years ago. In what ways? Uh, we're worse than we have ever been in history. We have more debt than collectively than ever before as a ratio of GDP. Uh, we have less consciousness of the problem except in Europe now thank thank God after two years it took them two years to understand that the problem was that uh, we have uh, dangerous individuals who not only show it, it's like someone who crashed a plane who are still there it's very very dangerous to have Bernanke Summers and uh, Geithner around they crash a plane you don't have a pilot to fly the plane again their methods don't work their metrics don't work they don't uh, have an idea of the core problem so
1: I, my natural impulse here is to ask you what you think is going to happen although i realize that there's something ridiculous about posing no, no, that particular question to you No no no, no you. you can
2: ask me that question because before the crisis i said i can't predict black swans but i can predict who's vulnerable to black swans you See that was my my point has always been i mean i was a trader i was making bets on the, on, on and 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 I, I and i you know my bet is, was as follows if i see a plane flown by a pilot who thinks he can predict hurricanes when he can't predict hurricanes you see bet against that plane I bet I bet with probability uh, close to one that that plane will crash one day and and so this is where I tell you that uh, what, what I predict will happen is two things number one uh, that uh, either well I mean you have to clean up the system okay you can't live it's a Madoff thing Madoff you can predict that if you see a Madoff that eventually it's going to collapse Nothing lasts forever like that. That uh, you're going to have to collapse Madoff the, in a very smooth, controlled way, as the Europeans are doing now, or you may have to do it the old-fashioned way, as Weimar. Republic, because I think that... The, Meaning the, print a lot of money? Which is what uh, the Obama has been doing. Yeah. This is how they're financing the deficit. They're financing the deficit, printing money. The, the, the
1: inflation is very low.
2: You know, inflation is very nonlinear. The way the, 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 and, and the way it may happen, it may be too late for them to realize it, you see. So... Printing, printing may do the job for a while, and then suddenly uh, the thing explodes in your hands. Okay, This is uh, where uh, their metrics don't work, because I've talked about nonlinear domain. Okay, Just like before, they're saying the risk was very low, uh, when, when hidden risk were accumulating in the system. It's a very similar, uh, and I thought they would learn, but they don't learn. Um, we have, uh, uh, thank God, uh, in, in this country, an awareness of the problem at the level of the individual's. We don't have it at the level of leaders too much, uh, particularly not the Obama administration. Probably the worst uh, thing we've had uh, in history in this country is an administration so out of sync with the, the core problems. And uh, uh, it is uh, imperative that the uh, uh, American public understands the big divergence that we have between their own personal desire for stability and the uh, hidden agendas of people in establishment to be off style.
1: When you say hidden agenda,
2: hidden to themselves often. <laughs> and and I don't know if this is democracy. This is not democracy. There's something about uh, even the media. The media transform things by 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 distorting that that make people uh, uh, produce uh, decisions that are completely against their own interests. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming. Great. Thanks for inviting me. I'm honored to be
1: here.